So I, I had the opportunity to actually be a stay-at-home dad about a year ago and just have my wife work and be home with my boys. And I was like, oh, this is my dream. This is awesome. But after two weeks of feeling like I was killing it, then I hit burnout and I was like, oh, man, this is tough. Welcome back to the Curious Neuron Podcast. My name is Cindy Huffington and I am your host. If I sound a little different today, it's because I caught a cold of some sort and luckily my voice is coming back just a little bit, but I didn't want to lose the opportunity to have this discussion today with two dads um, who did reach out and, and offer to share their stories. Thank you for joining me, Eric and Spencer. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so happy that you guys did reach out because I know that I have a lot of listeners from the podcast particularly that are dads and um, they are the ones that reach out more often when it comes to asking questions from the podcast. So I thought it would be fair to, you know, have a discussion with you guys and perhaps there are topics that I'm addressing that I'm not taking the perspective of the dad or not thinking of the dad. And I want to make sure that we touch on these things as well. Um, but before we begin, I, I, I'd love for you guys to share your journey with with us. Um, you know, how has it been so far for you in, in, in fatherhood? And what sort of challenges have you faced? Um, Eric, I guess we can start with you because I know that you your wife also shared like a really interesting story about the work that you've been doing. Yeah. Um, so I kind of come from a, a background where, you know, I didn't get a lot of emotional support from my parents. My mom has some mental health issues. Um, and so I didn't really have a good idea, like modeling of what being a parent or especially like being a dad was going to be like when I was older. Um, so something I knew um, when we found out we were going to have our first child is that I wanted to be more emotionally prepared, I guess. And some things kind of transpired that basically, um, that led to, you know, me kind of going through the cognitive behavioral therapy process. And, um, it's made a huge difference in the way that I parent or just the way that I interact with, you know, kind of my emotions in general. So that's, that's been something that, um, kind of gone through. And then, um, as far as just like parenting in general, um, it's, I guess one of my goals when I knew that I was going to become a dad was just to do things differently than, how I was raised. And so that's kind of what my motivation is every day. Yeah, I think a lot of us can connect to that doing things differently, and especially around the the aspect of emotions. Um, you know, I was raised by a single mom, and the go to emotion was anger for herself as well. So it's hard to, you know, uh, the, the few memories that I have of my own dad, like they were always about anger. And then my mom who was alone, it was anger. So emotions are something I think many parents um, struggle with. Um, I, I, Spencer, how about you? How, oh, sorry, actually, Eric, I, I'd like, I'd love to know how old is your child or your children? I have two children. Um, I have a son who's nine months old and a daughter who's uh, about to turn three. Turn three. Oh, there's, so they're still very young. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. And how about you, Spencer? Did you share a similar journey in terms of wanting to do things differently? Yeah. Uh, I think it's, that's the same motivation that I found. Um, so I grew up with uh, mom and dad, and a younger brother, and I just thinking back on my childhood, I mean, it was fun, but I also remember very uh, many screaming arguments um, between me and my mom and me and my dad about, and we just didn't have a great way to express our emotions in my family. And so um, as I 
you know, found out that I was going to be a dad, I was like, no, there's got to, there's got to be a better way because <laughs> I did not enjoy all that yelling. Mm. And so that motivation for me is, uh, with my first son. Um, so he's, he's three now and then I have a one and a half year old, mm. but, um, that's what pushed me to kind of explore the, the realm of parenting and what's out there. Um, so I could just be a better father and avoid all the yelling that I experienced when I was young. That really is the hardest part. And I, I, moms and dads struggle with this as well. And I think I'm curious to know like what your journey has been to work on your emotions, because I think once we do start that work, we see a difference, not only in the way that we're parenting, but in our relationship and even at work, you know, like the way that we're regulating our emotions and communicating them with others. Have you experienced this or either one of you? So yeah, um, I, go ahead. You want to go first? But, okay, thanks. Um, yeah, I feel um, very strongly that the way I was raised, I kind of only had, you know, two reactions to conflict. Like first one is just sort of give up. And, um, and then the second one is just go, you know, 100% into overdrive, just try to win a fight. Um, and that's the only two ways that I knew how to deal with conflict. So either laying down or just doing saying and doing anything possible to just win an argument. Um, and that obviously did not worked well for me in my relationship with my wife. So I was already sort of working on that um, prior to having children, but it also uh, just drove home the point that that was a skill that I really needed to change about myself and learn better coping strategies. So that's, um, that's something I've really worked on for myself is just dealing better with, um, conflict and and learning and understanding how to slow down and interact with my children um, in a loving way and setting boundaries um, so so that's kind of been my focus in terms of what I've been working on um, for my own sort of emotional journey I guess mm -hmm. and you Spencer um yeah what changed things for me is uh my first real job, I guess, after high school, uh, I became a registered behavior technician. So I was working with uh, ABA therapists and working on their clients and all these clients that had, you know, behaviors that probably are some of them were similar to what I had as a child. But um, the skills that I would teach to those clients um, weren't only skills for them to use. They were skills that I developed and started using as well to be able to control my emotions um, and just being aware and being allowed to have feelings, but learning how to control those feelings in a healthy and respectful way as well. I'm sure that the people that are listening now, there are two sides. So if there's a dad listening, he might be wondering how, like, or maybe recognizing himself in what you just expressed. I'm, I'm wondering if you have some advice for the dads that see they need, you know, that, that, there's insight in terms of something needs to change, but where do they begin if they're not ready to go to therapy? Is there any like small step before that, that they can start working on? Um, so I, I had the opportunity to actually be a stay at home dad about a year ago and just have my wife work and be home with my boys. And I was like, Oh, this is my dream. It is awesome. But <laughs> after two weeks of feeling like I was killing it, then I, hit burnout and I was like oh man this is tough like mm. I found myself falling in a rut of well what do I do like the kids are getting on my nerves now kind of thing <laughs> and what it came down to it, for me was being able to 
set up a schedule that was flexible enough to say, okay, I'm going to have this time for myself mm. and I'm going to have this time for intention, intentionally playing without distractions with my children. I think I even read a study once. It's like your kids only need about like 15 minutes of non-distracted yeah. intentional play. It's true. To really feel your, your love kind of thing. Mm. And so I just focused down on that and being flexible, like, okay, I need to take time for myself so I can show up better for my children later mm. during the day. And that's what helped me. I love that. And I know there are lots of stay-at-home parents, both moms and dads that are probably like saying yes out loud to what you just said, because taking that time for ourselves, we forget about it. And I've expressed this on the podcast where it was years and years of forgetting about that aspect and not taking care of myself. And then you realize your mental health is impacted because of that. And you're not parenting the way that you want to. So, you know, sometimes we think it's selfish to to want to take time for ourselves, but it's not. You need to do that in order to take care of your kids. I was just going to add that that's one of the best things that I found. Help me. Mm. But go ahead, Eric. Mm. Yeah, I, I was just going to agree with that point. And um, I think for me, um, learning kind of like what the trigger points were in those times when things escalated to a point where I didn't want it to go. So um, I guess... A lot of what I've learned has been through cognitive behavioral therapy, but um, also in my interactions with my children, understanding like when I'm getting to a point and being able to recognize a reactive behavior um, before it starts to affect them. Um, and then like Spencer was saying, like the 15 minutes of um, uninterrupted play is huge. Also kind of like knowing and preparing your kids for what's coming next um, has been big for me in terms of being able to uh move you know through a day if you're the only parent at home if you're trying to get dinner on the table you know prepping your kids for the next step those kind of things um and that intentional time spent right before you need them to be alone that helps too because at least they like you said you fill their cup and then they feel connected and then you could step away sometimes a little bit more easily than when you just tell them to go play because that <laughs> that doesn't work very often I'm um, Cindy can I add one more thing oh yeah go ahead uh so one thing that also helps me is I'm taking a step back and realizing okay I'm a first-time parent to this three-year-old and he's learning and I'm learning and my expectations might be very high for my three-year-old right now uh let's you know let's step back and let's give each other some slack because we're both learning right now kind of I think that's also helpful that's so important. That's the self-compassion part, right? That's the part where you kind of realize, okay, this is these moments are normal. Because were really were you guys hard on yourselves in those difficult moments, like in parenting, or oh, yeah. are, you, are you still now? Yeah, for Definitely. sure. Mm. Yep. It's so it's so interesting how we have these moments that are clearly difficult and challenging, chaotic. We I have three kids, and there are lots of chaotic moments, and we were we would. Tell a friend of ours, you know, don't worry about it. You tried your best. It's fine. You know, the, it's the end of the day. Let's move on. Or, But when it comes to ourselves, we're so hard on ourselves. We don't offer that same compassion piece that we would to our friends. So true. Mm. Um, Eric, you mentioned triggers. And I think that's something we can all relate to. And it's something that we sometimes don't realize that we need to work on. And we're often triggered by certain things. We, we might not see the patterns. Are, would you be able to maybe um, 
talk about one of those or one or two of those triggers and and talk about how you worked through them if you can if if you want to um because maybe yeah, there's some um, that could relate so i'm a i'm a person who doesn't like a lot of really loud noise and that's tough when you have young children um i find it really difficult to be around a lot of yelling and screaming for a long period of time um so one thing that's kind of helped to me is like the loud soft game or working through some kind of more constructive ways in terms of like being able to help your kids like regulate some of that energy. Um, and then also just knowing that about myself and trying when I feel myself coming up on one of those triggers, being able to prepare my, you know, my toddler that I'm going to step away for a minute and just take that time, step away, maybe do a breathing exercise and kind of come back to the situation. Um, to get myself through that situation so that it's not becoming, you know, like a reactive behavior. Um, and then mess is a big one for me too. It's raised in the household where, uh, you know, kind of cleanliness or, or tidiness is sort of related to doing a good job or being a good person. So it's tough for me to be around a lot of mess. Um, and that's when I work on every day. That's a hard one. So, (laughs) well, especially with young kids, it's always, it's always a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, the conversation that we're having, I think, um, again, both moms and dads are going to relate to it, but I'm wondering when you are with friends, are these, are you having these types of conversations? The reason why I'm asking is because, um, uh, I posted, you know, a story on Instagram saying, I'll be t- having a conversation with two dads. What are your questions? And somebody wanted to know, like, how do you find support within your friend groups? Do you talk about parenting and, and trying to help each other? And, you know, like we spoke about emotion regulations and, and working on that. Is this, are these discussions you are having with friends? Um, yeah, I, I think it depends. Um, you know, some people, I feel like child care and, and raising your children is kind of a, a subject that people have a lot of different opinions on. And it depends on kind of who you're with. I mean, I live in the Midwest, so you kind of have uh, a range of opinions from the more conservative to kind of the more open-minded, I guess. So um, I'm definitely having these conversations sometimes, but sometimes people's uh, you know strategies or opinions towards uh, raising their children are just different than mine. And mm-hmm. it's not something I get into. And how about with your, your situation, Spencer, like is our, you know, talking about emotions or parenting, is this a common conversation between dads? It's funny you ask that because every time I see a dad at the park, I just want to go up to him, just geek out about parenting. Like, Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what's working for you? Like, what, what are you struggling with? Kind of thing. Oh, me too. But then I always like, Oh, I don't know if dads like care that much. Like I love parenting. It's fun. I love it, but it's hard. And, so I don't know, like, I've never had that conversation with another dad. And in fact, most of my friends um, don't even have children. A few of them just got pregnant. But my wife recently found a friend. And that's something that her and her friend talk about is the parenting struggles that they're facing and the ways they approach things. But I've never found that with a dad, I guess. Mm. That's interesting because it, it feels good to, even if you had a rough day, to, you know, obviously we're going to talk to our partners, but having that friend who you can connect with and, and say, oh, yeah, I had the similar experience, you know, or it doesn't have to be about advice. Um, how, how was the reaction, I guess? And, and because I'm, I'm speaking from experience myself, um, when I announced that I was going to leave work and research and stay home, it wasn't a good reaction from everyone. Did you experience something similar? 
Um, so at the time, the only person that I, I don't know, the, only, the support I had was for my wife and I had a, a life coach at the time mm-hmm. and they were very supportive of that. Um, my mom and dad who we live close by and they help out with the boys, um, every week. Um, they didn't really mention anything about it. Um, but I just remember kind of feeling <laughs> like, oh man, I, like I felt like I was being judged by others and yeah. maybe that's just my own insecurities. Um, but nobody ever addressed it. So, mm-hmm. No, I, I, I don't think it's insecurities because, I mean, I've heard comments from people about myself too, you know, like, don't you want to work and contribute to the world? And, <laughs> and I, you know, it, was, it wasn't an easy decision, but being a stay-at-home mom is something that I wouldn't change. Um, and, and it's really nice to hear from a dad as well who, who's doing this. So I, I truly applaud you. Um, I, I'd love to know now, because I know most of the audience here at Kirsten are moms, and if they do have a partner that seems to be struggling, this this has been a really common email that I've been receiving from mothers who don't know how to support their partners. They don't know how to bring up certain conversations in terms of helping them work on their emotions or their mental health. Do you have any advice in terms of how we could approach it in a way that's compassionate and not, you know, we don't want to scare them off and, and or upset them, but we do want them to start that work? Um, I, I think that, you know, the way it's kind of the topic is broached, you know, so many men are so sensitive about topics of mental health. Um, it's just a tough thing to get into that. Uh, and so many men don't want to think about their own emotions or think about how their ability to either regulate or not regulate their emotions is affecting their daily life. Um, so I think if you understand that, but you also understand that I think in these situations, and I know this is true myself, that when a situation doesn't go the way you want it to, and you might have a negative interaction with your child, just like, you know, I know my wife might struggle with this. Men also feel like kind of the guilt and shame around that too. So maybe trying to address that aspect of it, um, and talking about some ways that that might be different in the future, um, you know, with just some simple adjustments to how you um, approach things. And then I also think um, seeing the results, I guess, of positive parenting techniques, you know, if you're sort of demonstrating those to your spouse, um, hopefully your spouse is kind of on board with that. But if they're not um, seeing the results, I know for me, seeing my wife interact with our daughter as she's gotten older and kind of working through some of those positive parenting techniques has been huge for me, just seeing like a different way that things can be done. Um, so that's kind of my feedback on it. Mm -hmm. How has, uh, I'm curious, Eric, just to continue on that, the positive parenting, I, again, these are common questions that I receive where the mom sort of talks about positive parenting and how they'd like to bring that into their home and the dad feels like there has to be some sort of authoritarian approach to parenting rather than they see it as more as like a soft, you know, non um, without limits or boundaries. But I've often spoken about this where positive parenting or whatever you want to call it basically falls under the category and research of balancing that sensitivity towards your child and their emotions with the boundaries and limits. Um, if, If there's somebody listening who feels that you know, that's just a really soft way of parenting and you're not, you know, it's not what they want. What's your advice from your own experience, how you've kind of approached it? You know, 
we really were kind of on board with it from the time my daughter was born. So thankfully we kind of didn't have to go through the process of unlearning some of those Mm. behaviors. Um, But I, I guess I just think about how I was raised and how much conflict and fear and really just being scared of my parents. And I knew I didn't want that for my kids and just seeing my daughter being able to express her own emotions, you know, at three years old, be able to kind of tell me things about how she's feeling that I don't always feel even comfortable expressing to my spouse. You know, that's huge for me. That's just, um, I don't know, just, I love that she's able to kind of be that balanced and that well adjusted and emotionally intelligent at three years old. So, um, I think if you can kind of see it in action, I understand where people are kind of how they get to the point where they feel like it needs to be kind of an authoritarian struggle and that kids need that structure and kids do need that structure, but they need the structure also with the support. Like it doesn't have to be a me versus you thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, Spencer, are you trying to follow or what kind of parenting, I guess, style are you trying to follow in your home? Yeah, we do a lot of the gentle parenting, unconditional, all the everything that's recommended and kind of positive. (laughs) Uh, It's just so many names for it. Yeah. Um, And that's what we've tried to do. And um, my wife and I, we've been on board. um, But because I geek out, so I actually um, was getting a degree in this at the time. Mm. uh, But I had to bail on that. So but because I was just so in love with the topic of parenting, uh, my wife would actually become kind of standoffish when I would suggest, Hey, that's kind of not what we're trying to do. (laughs) And, and, and I, I do it too. Um, so, but I think what helps my wife and I, and for those dads or Hmm. for the wives who want to help their husbands get on board, um, just the validation, um, is big where my wife can come in and be like, dang, that looked hard. Um, you look very angry. Like I had this experience the other day. I was very angry too, but I'm trying to do this better kind of thing. You know, that just starts the gears flowing in my own mind. Like, okay, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. What can I do better next time? Kind of thing. Um, I think that'd be helpful for, for a lot of husbands to not hear that, Hey, you shouldn't do that, but just to feel validated and maybe that will help get their gears going. Yeah. Which, falls under what we should be doing with our kids, right? It's like we're validating their emotions or their struggles and and then offering help or support or conversation around it. It's funny how very often when I'm reading these studies on parenting and I look back and I try to, like I talk to my husband about it, I'm like, well, this might help us, you know, or this this is a good way to communicate this. (laughs) And, And you realize the way that we're parenting is just this human way of interacting with others where you could be curious about their actions and behaviors and then compassionate towards it and have the conversation and help them. Our kids want the same thing. So it's, it's really about approaching it that way. Um, I, I, I'd love to know, you know, when I started Kirsten one thing that I was really mindful about was not making it a mom group. And it's not because I don't want to have a mom group. Like I, you know, it's, it's, I'm a mom and, and I want to support moms, but I just felt that dads were really underrepresented in, in, in the parenting world. Do you ever get that feeling? And if, if so, like, what do you think is missing in terms of, cause I look at my stats and it's like 90% moms. <laughs> so I, I don't know. And I try to address both moms and dads and, 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 you know, um, mental health and dads as well. What's, what's missing out there? How can we make this parenting world better for dads? 
I think things are changing, but I, I also think that there's kind of a cultural uh, aspect to this. You know, our our parents' generation was so much more. Um, the woman took the lead on childcare, and that's changing now. My wife and I almost split childcare duties exactly down the middle. Um, but then I was finding that I was coming to her and having to ask her kind of how she would handle situations. Um, sort of like checking in with the coach, like <laughs> when <laughs> she was at work or whatever and, and something would happen and she would come home and I'd say like, Hey, like this happened today. How, how would you have dealt with this if you were here? Cause I felt like I was kind of out of my depth. Um, <laughs> and that's when she started suggesting Instagram pages to me or suggesting, mm-hmm. you know, articles I could read and that kind of thing. So I kind of got into it through that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is a big, there's a big desire out there to like learn these things in a way, but it's, it's kind of tougher um, for men because there's, there's less of like this expectation that they're going to be taking the lead on it. Um, So a lot of times I feel like the men that I do know that are introduced to things like positive parenting are almost always introduced to it by their spouse. I feel like Spencer's kind of the exception to the rule. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) I I mean, I know I definitely was introduced by my spouse and then, Mm kind of also what we were talking about before in terms of um, men who want to have more of an authoritarian, I guess, relationship or think that that's what they need. Like this idea that um, you want your kids to be tough is something that men, it's it's just so ingrained in the way that we raise boys. And Mm -hmm. I know in the the way that I and my brothers were raised. So um, it makes it harder to get through that because there's an expectation that like the world's hard and my kids need to be tough too especially when you're raising a boy. So it's, yeah. it's harder. I feel like it really is harder to reach men, but there's definitely men have these questions. They just don't know where to go to find the answers for them. Yeah. And for both of you, I guess I have a question around paternity leave. I, I had this discussion with some parents this week, uh, moms and dads and a researcher, and we were talking about how short um, paternity leave paternity leave is um, especially in the states here it's very different I'm in Canada and um, dads can have five weeks um, off paid or up to six months if they want to split the year um, with their their partners are you both from the states and did you like what did um, your parental leave look like yeah I'm from the yeah, US so um, and, and my parental leave was two weeks um, well, actually after my son was born, it was two weeks when my daughter was born three years ago, I had no parental leave. So I had to wow. take vacation time, paid vacation time to be off. Um, now I was able to get two weeks. Um, and I actually, honestly, I got some kind of negative feedback just from coworkers, nothing too crazy, but just kind of like, Oh, like two whole weeks off. Huh? Um, so that's, that is the landscape that we live in. I mean, at least where I live in the Midwest, um, it's just, we're, we're kind of working towards it, I think, and it's becoming more normalized, but it certainly is not the norm right now. Yeah, I'm also stateside and, um, I'm actually self-employed now, but before, um, I was working for a company, um, that one of our values was family. And we, I was looking in our handbook and the policy says, you know, only two, two weeks, um, paid maternity leave and sorry, maternity leave. And, um, I wrote to our president and said, Hey, our values family, is there any way we can get this, um, 
changed around to get this extended, get more pay for a longer time. Um, unfortunately, she said we couldn't change the policy for the entire company, but she did make an exception for me to where I was able to have a month of that. So that would that was nice. But I was def I definitely would like to be in Canada for there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and even on the other end, I mean, with the research that we have, <clears throat> we, we know that the mom has to take the time to be with her child. We know that the more time a dad has with their newborn, that their brain undergoes similar changes to the mom. <clears throat> so it's just, it boggles my mind that you yeah, don't speaking have on that, more time um, with both moms So with my firstborn son, um, because I wasn't as, I didn't do the stay-at-home dad thing, our connection is strong, but... My connection is way stronger with my other son who I had the opportunity to stay at home with. And it's just, it's crazy to me to see the difference. Mm. That's so interesting to hear that because it's what we would assume from the research that, you know, you and then the more time you spend with your child when they're young, there's a better outcome too when they're older in terms of academics, in terms of cognitive skills. So dads have such an important role, even from the moment of birth, you know, skin to skin. My brother-in-law just had a baby and I told him just whenever your baby's sleeping, just put him on your chest, <laughs> do that skin to skin and take that time to connect with your baby. Um, but it's not the message that yeah, I, I also think that around. the paternity leave thing has an effect yeah. on the you know relationship of the mother and father as well because i i think the the parent who's not as home True. as much is going to naturally take a back seat in a lot of decision making sort of minute to minute and hour to hour with the baby and so it puts you in a position where especially if you're a brand new parent um it's harder for you to kind of take a lead and so it makes it more difficult to transition if, if the mother is going back to work um, or whichever parent's going back to work, the person who hasn't been around as much, it's a tougher transition for them. So it's, it's kind of, it's bad all around. Yeah. Hmm. I, when I asked parents to, to, you know, send me their questions there, there was somebody who said, how do I address or overcome, overcome stereotypical masculine pressure in my role as a dad? How do we, how, what can we answer? <laughs> um, I, I think that it's, for me, I, I never really felt like that pull and just because of my background. I, I didn't necessarily like, I wasn't a huge sports guy. You know, I didn't have those kind of super masculine things that I was into already. Um, but <laughs> people try to put it on you mm. everywhere you go. And there's this kind of expectation for dads that like when you're alone with your children, that you're holding down the fort. Whereas when your spouse is alone with your children, that they're mm. raising their kids. Um, so for me, kind of mm. um, taking ownership of my time with them, that I am also a caregiver and that I am also just, you know, 50, 50 in the partnership of raising our children. I think that that's huge. Um, I think that it's totally fine to like roughhousing with your kids yeah. and, you know, someday like playing sports with your kids and all that stuff, but <laughs> it doesn't have to be because you're a man. It can be because it, you're one of their parents and that you enjoy yeah. doing those kind of things with them. So maybe just framing it in that way. Uh, no, I disagree with Eric. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> There was another question that, that came in and somebody asked, how do you find support 
as a dad. So maybe this continues what you were just saying, but if if there is a dad who who wants to make changes perhaps or is working on himself and I don't, you know, I, I do know from some emails that I get that some dads don't get the support from their spouse. So where, where can they go if they don't have that support or, you know, how did you guys do this? For me, I, uh, on my Instagram, I tried making, I don't know, I do the reels and everything in regards to parenting just to find other dads out there. But, um, I just ended up finding more moms. Um, but for me, I guess it's, just going to those dads at the park and approaching them and uh, talking with them. I don't know. I just don't find a lot of help on um, the social media side of things. In fact, my my dream would be to have um, the dad club that's on what to expect, what to expect when expecting. Um, but I think social groups like that would be great uh, within communities. I also, uh, oh, sorry. Do you think yeah. dads would join? Oh, wait. <laughs> sorry. One second. Uh, do you think, do you think, cause I think it would be a challenge, right? F- from my experience as well. And and I think it comes sometimes within the groups of, of dads. There was somebody that I interviewed called Emmanuel um, a couple months ago. And he said that when he was, um, when he became a new dad, he struggled sometimes. Like when he was speaking with friends, he would say like, oh, you know, I stayed up, I changed the diaper or I did this. And they were like, well, you, that's not your job. And and that was just his experience, but I wonder what sort of challenges there would be in terms of trying to get dads to come and talk about parenting. I guess I'm just putting it out there. It's not a question. <laughs> I think it's a big challenge because like I was saying before, there's, there's so many men who don't take ownership over the parenting process. Um, and I think some of that, I, actually, I don't think very much of that is willful to be perfectly honest. I, I think a lot of men, um, are raised mm-hmm. that the children are somewhat their responsibility, but primarily their responsibility is to provide for their family, right? So that means going out and bringing money home or whatever yeah. it is. And so they kind of, even if their spouse is working, even if they're both out of the home for the same amount of time, and there's so many men who feel like it's not their their job, I guess, to raise the kids. So, you know, it's tough to work through that. And it's also tough mm-hmm. to find other men. I know in conversations I've had with my coworkers, um, there's so many men who really like love their family and love their kids um, and want to have conversations about it. But I think if you said, Hey, would you take, you know, an hour out of your week to kind of like go to a group with other dads? I just don't know how many takers you would get. (laughs) You know, I I don't know where we are in our society as far as that's concerned. Maybe just starting to talk about it a little bit more, right? Like there there are lots of people having these conversations, but maybe continuing to plant these seeds slowly, <laughs> but eventually, because it, it just, even just as a mom, when I meet with friends, just to talk about it and, and let it out and talk about parenting and get tips. It's not even just about tips, but just um, connection and, and that connection matters. <clears throat> um, I, I guess to, to end our conversation, there was one thing that was interesting to me. I, I just scrolled through the Instagram Um, questions from parents and these are from moms but many the most common question that just came across was moms wanting to know if you understand the invisible load of moms and if so how did you do this now this is interesting because spencer you you you're home (laughs) (laughs) and and i think you know that's something that i've often had to try to explain to my partner because 
he's 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 sensitive about it and he understands he's trying to understand it but once only when you're in it you really truly understand that load of of motherhood or being home with your kids right so do you, is this something you try to I'll address it to Spencer actually since you're 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 home with your kids but how do you experience this this uh, invisible load <laughs> Oh yeah the load is definitely <laughs> there and it is heavy Yeah <laughs> 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 yeah i uh when i first started i was, was kind of like you know prove it to my wife this is i was horrible doing this and saying this so i was gonna prove to my wife like see i can take care of the kids keep the house clean kind of thing <laughs> but after those two weeks like it was not like that <laughs> um the invisible load is definitely there mm. and it's hard because you do have the motivation when you get up in the morning you know to do some chores or to work on yourself and as soon as those ki the kids are up, it's like, okay, now I have to be with them mm. or, you know, I'm going to feel, for me, it was dad guilt, not the mom guilt, mm. you know, like they need me there to, like, I want to be with them. They have so much potential. I want to help them discover that. I want to help them learn. I don't want to miss the moments kind of thing. Um, and so having the opportunity to stay home has definitely strengthened my relationship with my wife mm. and we've become such a better team because of that, because I experienced it firsthand. So, but I can also speak to, um, uh, coming home from work and, uh, you know, like, wow, why oh, the house isn't clean? Oh, the <laughs> kids are running around and stuff. And, um, I don't know, I guess you just really do have to experience it, um, or start actively trying and consciously trying to be more aware of all the little things that the stay-at-home parent has to deal with yeah. and go through it's it is it is hard and it's hard to explain it's just that there's always something on your mind and i get this uh feeling of like being in a hamster wheel where nothing is getting done yeah. nobody's dressed nobody nobody's you know nobody's fed the house is a disaster but i'm doing everything at the same time but nothing at the same time and it's just so hard to explain this um uh, eric on your side are, are both you and your partner working yeah we both work um and we kind of have a good setup where i tend to work in the mornings to the mid-afternoons and she she a lot of times is working kind of from the mid-afternoons to evening so we sometimes we're sort of ships in the night where we're literally splitting it 50-50. She has the mornings and I have the afternoons and evenings. Um, and I do all the cooking at our house. So mm. I've always kind of taken on that responsibility. But I feel like I do a lot more than most men that I know. And still, mm. I feel like she has this, the constant, I always sort of visualize it through like the kids clothes, like every couple of months she has to go through and wash on, organize all the kids clothes and make sure they have clothes as they're getting bigger. And I never considered that for a second before I had children, but that would even be a possibility. Just like the, the logistics of making sure your kids have clothes. Mm. Um, and I think there's so many men who don't just don't understand that. And mm. even if they see it right in front of them, that, like you said, invisible load of just, all of the stuff that that you really need to have your kids thrive, not just get through a day. Uh, I feel like so often that falls on women, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, dividing the tasks, it's, it's, it sounds like it makes sense, but I know we have to mention it because I know from parents who write to me that this is not 
the tasks within the home are not being divided. And a lot of the inside work of the home is is putting, you know, it's it's on the mom's shoulders and the cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids. I know some parents who, you know, or, or some moms um, whose partners don't want to take care of baths. But I also know the other side where I've heard from dads whose partners don't want to let them take care of the bath time, even if they want to. And they say, that's my job. You don't know how, you know, you might make a mistake. So I think it's important to look at both sides, but to to mention that there has to be some sort of communication in terms of what you need. If it's too much, try to express it to your partner, I, I guess, right? If, if If things are feeling heavy. Yeah, I definitely think that, that trying to express it, um, that that's kind of where it needs to be. Because there's also, I feel like this attitude that women need to sort of suffer in silence through this. Mm. And as I was kind of trying to communicate before, or explain before, like there are things that about raising children that I had never considered or even seen in my life. Mm. Um, because I, it's, I just, I have only brothers. I don't have any sisters. I had not really been around a lot of small kids before. There were just things I didn't know. And I kind of just, you know, it started going and I let it roll. And I never even thought about it until it was shown to me like, Hey, this is the stuff you need to do. And at that point, you know, enough to step up. So I think sometimes it's just not understanding what's going on. Yeah. Um, to end this conversation, I, I, I'll just ask both of you if there's anything else you wanted to add to this um, for the listeners to to ponder about or to, <laughs> to help connect with you. Um, I guess I would just say, um, you know, I think that if if anyone, any men want to change the way that maybe they their parents interacted with them, you know, one of the biggest things for me has just been getting into therapy and going to therapy, um, whether or not you feel like you need it. There's so many strategies that I've learned from being in therapy that have really helped me interact better with my kids and my wife and people around me. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway from the last couple of years of my life. Mm. How about you, Spencer? Any last tips for dads? Uh, yeah, for me, um, I guess I have two. The first would be to, um, continue to work on your relationship with your wife um, just because it that's an important relationship that needs to, it's the foundation of your family. So that foundation needs to be strong. So continue to work on the relationship that you have with your wife, especially just through implementing the same things you want to do as a gentle or positive parent. Um, and the second thing would be um, just, just remember, you know, as parents, we always want to help our kids learn, uh, these important principles that help them succeed in life and help them become better people. Um, but don't get lost in teaching the lesson. Uh, their feelings are still valid and be aware of what they're feeling while you teach them. Thank you to both of you for, for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. I'm grateful. And I know that everyone else is as well. Thank you to all the listeners. Um, please take a moment to review and rate the podcast on iTunes. And you can follow us on Instagram at Curious underscore Neuron or read some blog posts at CuriousNeuron.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye.